the first chapter. Let us stand. So last week, the message was entitled that we were blessed with all spiritual blessings. That is a Christian fact that is Bible doctrine. And it is for our belief, but also for our assurance. It is one thing to believe about something. But would you agree with me? It's quite another to live it, to experience it. And so we have met up with the facts that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus the Lord. So today we're talking about the assurance of all spiritual blessings. What gives us the assurance that we need? And we'll find that as we read in the text today in Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 3, 7, 9, 10 through 12. That looks like about six verses. When you find verse number three, would you please signify by saying amen? amen. And what does it say? Verse number seven, in whom, this is very important, in whom we have redemption through his blood. That's one of the assurances we have. Redemption through what? But it comes how? According to the riches of his grace. Do you see that? All right, now let us look at verse number nine. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. That means that no carnal-minded man without invitation can break into the mysteries of God. He has to reveal it, lest anyone should boast. All right? In verse number nine, the mystery of his will has been made known unto us, but how? According to to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, verse number 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven. He's going to gather all things in himself. Praise the Lord. Verse number 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Verse number 12. That we should be to the praise of of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. You may be seated. After reading that 
delicious passage of scripture. So, on one hand, we have the facts that God has bestowed all spiritual blessings upon the people of God. It is preserved and protected by the faithful preaching of the word of the Lord. We cannot continue to be a Christian community and a land of discipleship without the steady outpouring of the word of God. Man is so ingenious, he is so wise that if we were to stop preaching, he would concoct a religion of his own. He would soon find a way to preserve his carnal nature and his spiritual nature at the same time. He would soon find himself being a terrible blend of a multitude of ideas that lead nowhere but to self-glorification. This is why it is necessary to have the preached word of God and to have it in your personal life. Because at all times, millions and millions of thoughts seek to take over our thinking. And some of the thoughts, I might warn you, they're not very pleasant. They'll shoot by and you wonder, how, why did you think a thing like that? And you'll put your hand on your mouth trying to stop the thought. And then, if you're not careful, the devil will say, see, you're not saved at all. The whole thing's a hoax. You can't even control stuff shooting across your mind. But I want you to know, thank God, he didn't leave us in the hands of our two-bit minds. Praise the Lord. Because sometimes we're up and sometimes we're down. Can I get a witness in here? Sometimes we're almost leveled to the ground. And Bishop and old bishops used to say, down so low, we had to look up to see bottom. That's the human vernacular. That's what messes with us. Just being human can be quite a challenge when we set out to please the Lord. If there were no God, we wouldn't care. Praise the Lord. It's every man for himself. But the reason we become disturbed is because we're setting out not only to believe that we have all spiritual blessings, but to live in the privileges of such until we can sense more and more that we are in contact with a place that is beyond our human senses. We're not in all that good of contact like we're going to be when we make it to heaven. But the Holy Ghost gives us the power to taste more than a little bit of 
the ages to come. Somehow, we can feel our connection, even though we can't see it all the time. But there's something warbling down in our sanctified soul that lets us know that there is something beyond our perception and beyond our frail experiences. And so we have this land of Jesus which is counterpart to the land of Canaan. Joshua is looking at Canaan. Paul has already ascended the mountain and come into heavenly places in Christ. You see the connection. One is physical, but the saints have been brought to a place that we didn't build ourselves. Oh, glory to God. And it has power to take you beyond your limitations. And so when we look at the blessed assurances that we have today, my mind goes to how all of us at one time or another have been cheated by some business person. I can remember my mother and them's generation. They bought these old bootleg life insurance policies. And they did not tell them that when they lived by the grace of God to a certain age that the policy was no longer willing to claim them. What kind of assurance is that? One time in my younger years, I bought a car and did not know all the terms. Too bad for me. Only to find out that there was a hidden stipulation in the contract that it was a balloon loan. Raise your hand if you know what a balloon loan is. See, every hand didn't go up, so we got some people out there. <laughs> they need to know. You understand the terms of what you put your John Henry on. I did not know that hidden in the stipulations I'm thinking my car is paid for. So I run downtown Cincinnati to the bank, grinning at the teller, saying, today is a special day for me. And she said, what? And I said, my last payment. She said, oh, wonderful. I said, I paid this little red car off. So they got to looking, and they said, oh, Mrs. Stevens, you have not. It's a balloon loan. And now you owe 100 more dollars per month until paid off. That was my education, that insurance ain't insurance. Business ain't real business. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord, and you got policies. Even now, you, we think we're smart, so we're going to beat that, right? Balloon loans and policies that just go away when you get so old. 
Here's where they get you. That policy will go so long and then because we're saints, we're supposed to live longer. We're supposed to. And then we outlive the policy. And here they come knocking on the door saying, if you want us to claim you, y'all ain't going to talk to me. If you want this insurance, you've got to pay what you can't afford. That's basically what they're saying. You got to pay a higher rate. And whether you like it or not, you quit eating out. You quit eating steak. You quit doing this, that, and the other. Being Santa Claus. Being the birthday bunny. And all of that. Being Mr. Lava Lava. Buying rings and necklaces. You quit all of that. So that you can spend the last 10 years of your life. Maybe. With insurance. It's a dog-eat-dog world out here. Raise your hand if you've ever been deceived by so-called bumper-to-bumper coverage. And then you took your car in and they wouldn't claim you. We ought to start tarrying right now. Don't let it make you want to march. I'm telling you right now, ain't nothing sure these days. You got to embarrass yourself. And keep making them explain it over and over. And they may ask you, you want the car, don't you? I want it, but I want, I don't want hidden stipulations. Come on, somebody. I want you to tell me up front that you're going to deny me for this particular thing. But you'll cover me for this. I want you to be plain. Don't try to rush me out of your office. I had to repent. They tried to take my little uh, Cadillac, it was older. We had it for all this time, and I wanted $10,000 for it. And I was in there just grinning, how to do, how to, they just thought I was so soft and easy. And man, how's everybody, you know? And when that cat come back and they said, we'll give you $6,000 for your caddy, I jumped out of that seat. I said, who you think you're talking to for? I change just like an alligator. Where my alligators at? You can change. <laughs> you can change in a split second. Who you think you talk? I tell you what, you better get out of here and go get me my 10,000. He said, hey, watch how you're talking. I said, you watch how you're talking to me. I said, you people, you're so slick. You're just going to take my car. Where are you going to find a car like this with 40,000 miles on it? You give me my money. And they came back and gave me my $10,000. Then I went home and said, Lord, I was kind of nasty, wasn't I? <laughs> Don't it make you mad? I ain't even going to preach today. <laughs> <laughs> Don't it make you mad when you know somebody trying to slick you? When they think they smarter than you. Just get right in your face because you got a couple of bags under you. I got them now. I didn't used to have them, but I got them now. You keep living, you're going to get them. 
They're called character lines. It shows how you've been through something. It shows that you're a survivor, an overcomer. They're not ugly, they're character lines. All right? So love yourself. Look in the mirror tonight and love yourself. Love your character lines. Lord have mercy. Where was I? We were talking about the uncertainty of life and how so-called bargains are not bargains at all. Praise the Lord. And God bless you when you really get one because some of you, you can stand up right now and say, not, not me. I knows how to get my bargains. Well, come and get me and we'll shop together. Praise the Lord, everybody. So the assurances that we're dealing with, number one, is that we are secured in the Lord by his continuous grace or his continuing grace. So it is not a one-time event. God's grace has been multiplied upon us and he has given us enough to last the whole journey. It is not an invitation to live like heathens. We rebuke that. We're against that. We would ask everybody to declare war on your own corrupt tendencies. Grace is not an excuse to turn this church into a beer joint where almost anything goes. This is the house of the living God. And grace is not an opportunity for you to do the devil and try to do the Lord at the same time. I know I'm in a sanctified church in here. Grace, as a matter of fact, we said it last time, and we'll say it again. It implants in the child of God the willingness and the determination to do the things that please God. Praise the Lord. And so when we know that if God be for us, because we have done everything in our power to please the Lord, then we may boldly say, who can be against us? I defy the doctrine. I defy the person, the place, the thing, the concept. I defy it all. If God's grace be upon our lives, praise the Lord, it is enough to give us an overwhelming victory in the things we put our hands to do. Do not count God's grace out. It has been known to work when people were just hanging on by a thread, ran into the church and put their hands on the horn of the altar, hoping that just a little gesture of righteousness would provoke the grace of God to step out on your behalf. 
So I want you to know that grace is on the hunt. And what she is looking for is if there's just a little bit in us that wants to do right. Grace will come in and it will multiply your desire and ability to do the things that are pleasing in his sight. I heard Jesus when he prayed the priestly prayer. He said, Father, I know you hear me. And I know that you always hear me. Because I do the things that are pleasing in your sight. So I want you to know when grace comes in and makes us greedy for wanting to please God. I said it. Not greedy for three plates. Not greedy to eat all day and all night. That's over. Thanksgiving is gone, baby. You better throw that stuff away and freeze it till a better time. You can't do anything but hurt yourself. Trying to spend a whole week gorging so you don't throw it away. Freeze it and eat it next month or throw it away. But grace, we can be greedy for. Jesus, we can be greedy for. We can be greedy for wanting to please him. For the Bible says, if a man's ways please the Lord, no good thing will he withhold from them. You're talking about a wonderful exchange from them that walk up right before him. So we are secured. That's what gives us the assurance that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Praise the Lord. It's the grace of God that brings salvation to the dear believer. We have been delivered from our past, our present, and our future condition. Grace is so powerful that whatever you did in the past, it will go in and it will grapple that thing down to the ground. And whatever you're facing right now, I need 10 people to raise your hand and say, I'm facing something right now. Let me preach to you. Grace! is on its way to give you the power to deal with that thing. I want you to know today that grace is a wonderful gift that comes out of the unsearchable riches in the bosom of God. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In that the letter to the Romans, I believe the sixth chapter somewhere in there, praise the Lord. He said, God forbid that we should try to do evil so that God can get the glory. God is not in the business of blessing evil. Praise the Lord. God is not in the business of blessing those that can't live for two weeks and don't believe the doctrine for three good months. He's in the business of blessing those who still have something down on the inside that desires to please the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. 
And so we see in the text today, in verse number 7, that this thing has been secured by the wisdom and the prudence of God according to the riches of his grace. Praise the Lord. And so grace gives us power to sense the presence of the Lord. If you feel anything moving right now, that's grace working. If you feel any desire to trail him to the end, let the winds blow, let the rain fall, let the storms come, let the doubt come in, but you've made up your mind that I'm on the right track and I'll follow Jesus everywhere he takes me. As a matter of fact, grace gives me the power to feel my new nature. Can you feel your new nature right now? There is a new nature in you. There is an eternal nature in you. And grace gives you the power to do everything in your power to stay in touch with your eternal self. Praise the Lord. To stay in touch with your changeless nature. People can be acting up all around you. And they wonder why you don't do the same. But it's because grace gives you the power to stay in touch with the Holy Ghost. And to stay in touch with your endless nature. I believe we've got good reason to praise the Lord right now. If you can feel it in your soul. In your bosom, if you can feel it shimmy, if you can feel it quiver, you ought to give God a ridiculous praise in this house today. What? Do you feel like tongue talking? Then you ought to let it come out. What? Do you feel like shouting hallelujah? Do you feel like a strong woman? Do you feel like a strong man? Do you feel that you can go another step farther? That's grace in your life keeping you in touch with your eternal self. When I get in this pulpit and the power of God gets on me, Praise the Lord, that's my eternal nature. That is something in me that can never die. It will never be defeated. It will never quit. It will never renounce the name of Jesus Christ. It is my changeless nature. I know I lost my job. I know I lost my friend. I know I lost my family. But there's something in me I cannot lose. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always. I change not. That's why I don't kill you. I change not. That's why I won't leave you. I change not. It's my grace. And so that's what makes us sure. Just as sure I got up and walked from one end of my house to the other inside. And I said, that's what faith is. I knew when I left that bathroom and I was heading toward the living room area, I knew I'd make it. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Praise the Lord. How many got faith like that? Where whatever God says, you've done it so many times. You loved him so many times. You've praised him so many times. You've heard the word so many times that you know you're going to make it from this point to the next point. And not long from now, God's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have 
room enough to receive. I dare you to shout to God, thank you for faith. Thank you for grace. Thank you. I started on this journey and I will make it through. If you feel it, just touch your neighbor right now and say, I pass the blessing right now. I know you're more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You are in line for the next blessing. You're being set up by grace. Yeah! Clove it. Can I get a witness in here today? Tell two people, don't cry too long. God's setting you up for the blessing. Get ready for the outpouring. Get ready for the jubilee. Get ready for the Holy Ghost power. Get ready for reassurance. Get ready for overwhelming confidence. Get ready for coming out of your sick room. Get ready for coming off of your sick bed. Grace! And so we find in that seventh verse a whole lot of shaking going on, a whole lot of grace going on. And we also find, secondly, that we are secure by God's own determination to get the glory. May I repeat it? We're secure because our God is self-possessed. Our God is obsessed with winning the complete victory for you. He's obsessed of making you a superstar. He's obsessed with making you a winner. He's obsessed with making sure that when he does do it for you, that you will turn around and give him the glory. As a matter of fact, some of you that's already been blessed, I dare you to give him the glory right now because he didn't bring you over here to sit down like you got the victory by yourself. He's determined to get the glory. He's determined for us to praise him. Come on, let's have church in here. Let's just give him some crazy hallelujahs. God said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto you. I'm determined to bring you out on the other side. You're about to come out. You're about to come in. You're about to get over it. I'm determined to make you smile, to give you joy. I'm determined to bring you to your destiny. I am determined to bring your house together. I am determined to save this church. I am determined for revival. I'm determined to turn it around. I am determined to get all the glory. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Lord. He's determined to bring you out. Lay your hand on your neighbor and say it's done. It's finished. If God determined it, you might as well shout. You might as well give him the victory. You might as well give him the glory. It's determined. It's a far gone conclusion. God did it. God said it. He will. 
He's determined to get the glory. I want to leave the word of the Lord with you. But tell two people, stay in touch with this. Because you're you getting ready to bless yourself. If you stay in touch with chapter number one, the blessing has already begun. Come on, somebody. If you stay in touch with your Holy Ghost nature, hallelujah, you shall not be defeated. If there's somebody that wants to be saved, come and get the safety of this arrangement. I pity the lost soul. I pity the soul that will not come. I pity false doctrine. I pity those that have succumbed to disbelief and to a weak psycho soup stew full of mixed religions. Oh, glory to God. There's only one Lord, one faith, one God, one baptism, one church, one people, one hope, one destiny. It's all in God in Christ. We must stay totally in touch with this new nature that we have in verse number three, verse number seven, and verse number 12. Oh, glory to God. In verse number six, all of that talks about the determination for God to get the glory. Yes, God. That makes us safe. Who wouldn't serve a God like this that has never lost a battle and he never will? He declared the end from the beginning. This thing is settled. It is a foregone conclusion. God bless you. Oh, to Jesus I surrender all to him my freely give. God bless you, Dorothy. God bless this group right here. Don't let the devil take what God has given you. You at this altar, bow down into the presence of God. Go on in. Stay in. Help me say, I We have assurance today. I 